The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Barcelona Blogrounders podcast. My name is Josh. This is going to be a solo podcast. Renato was unable to join me today. So we are going to do something a little bit different. It's going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. And uh, I'm going to, uh, I, th- I think of all the, the free willing, uh, free willy podcasts that I was, you know, that I was doing when Renato was out, you know, we still had matches happening. We had actual things to report. Uh, this time it's pretty much just going to be kind of a, uh, it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot. Um, so there's, there is some business we should, uh, we should attend to and talk about in relation to Barcelona, uh, La Liga and the UEFA champions league is kind of still indefinitely suspended. Um, the, the, how everything is like going in Spain right now is so bad. And so like actually on on Monday, I'm going to read the official, um, official statement quote, the monitoring commission established. Okay. Hang on. Oh, this, this statement isn't that great. Okay. never mind. The statement doesn't really actually say anything. Um, either way, so the lockdown was kind of officially suspended till like, or not the lockdown, but the way that La Liga initially worded the league suspension was that it was set to be extended until April 11th, and now it is being indefinitely suspended, um, all football in Spain. Um, what this means for Barcelona isn't clear yet. Like, obviously... Uh, I think the Champions League is going to reflect most of what happens in those European countries. Like right now, uh, Italy is obviously um, in the midst of incredible turmoil. Spain as well and other European countries are following suit to some extent. Uh, However, how they choose to finish this season is still very much up in the air, if at all possible. So um, I know some people have written about kind of like the last dates that they could start the season up again basically to finish the Liga or the Champions League and like they're going to do some sort of condensed schedule I think we talked about this we talked about it either on one of the FIFA videos last week or something but they were considering doing some sort of condensed La Liga schedule wherein they were playing like four games in 10 days or something like that to combine the Champions League and La Liga into a shorter schedule I think it's going to be fascinating how UEFA manages the shortened schedule for domestic leagues as well as the European competition, like if they'll prioritize one or the other, like if they, you know, if things are so serious wherein they can't really resume things until May or something like that, I wonder if they're going to just choose resuming domestic play and forget the Champions League or vice versa. It'd be fascinating to see what they decide to do. But um, like Renato and I talked about, like there's not really... This is unprecedented. Uh, we're kind of living 
and you know writing out history as we go through this thing and we're not really going to know um what happens till it happens so uh, any sort of realistic proposals now are just going to get squashed in the coming weeks as uh, COVID-19 continues to kind of wreak havoc on our way of living and, and uh, society and um, all of that. So that's kind of the the business end of things out of the way. I did want to talk a bit about transfer stuff. Well, actually, I, I, I should talk about the pay cut thing. So there's, a, there's reports that... Um, you know, the financial situation is obviously like this is impacting everyone economically. Uh, Barcelona are not immune to that. They're apparently going to lose um, 60 million because of the pandemic. Um, some of the players have already donated some money, like Leo Messi made a million dollar or a million euro donation to the Barcelona Hospital Clinic and uh, Mark andre Ter Stegen. Um, Germany pledged 2.5 and million uh 2.5 million in aid so the players are obviously taking initiative and i think this is also reflective of some things that are happening in uh, professional sports in the united states with the nba um barcelona players both uh you know the men and women's team barca b the under 19s the basketball handball all the other the roller hockey, I didn't know Barcelona had a roller hockey team. Uh, the Guardians reporting this would apply to all of them, are being asked to take pay cuts up to 70%. So you would expect that, you know, players that make millions like a Messi are being asked to take a larger pay cut than someone on the, the roller hockey team. Um, I could only assume. Uh, this is interesting to me because the salary reductions would only last apparently as long as the club is in lockdown uh, with the players going back to their full wage once they get back. Uh, this is, this is weird and difficult to talk about because I think a lot of professional sports teams did the right thing with kind of covering the hourly waged associates that work for them in the stadium or in the club, uh, with players contributing, owners contributing. Uh, I would hope that along with the players taking a significant pay cut, those in management would be taking a significant pay cut because otherwise this is going to look as bad as it is, which is greedy people up top asking um, employees to take pay cuts, even if it is employees that make millions of years and then them not taking pay cuts to help, you know, some of the, the lower waged uh, employees of the club. So you would hope that this, this is resolved quickly and Barcelona make do the right thing. And, uh, help out some of the employees and the city um, as best as they can. It's nice to see some of the players acting on their own, but you would hope that the club as a whole would come out and uh, be very specific about what they're doing to take care of their employees in regards to this pay cut. Um, transfer stuff. So Barcelona reportedly, I think every year, uh, every year, Jill writes this piece. Sport has some report about how like how many players Barcelona are putting on the market. Um, so Barcelona are there's eight players that are apparently uh, on the market. So you know the few that we would expect are Rakitic, Vidal, and Titi and Coutinho. Those are the guys that are kind of expected to be. They're always kind of available. It seems like the last couple of years. Uh, so and then the players that I did not expect to see on this art. Not expected strong because there have been recent reports, but uh, Braith White expected Nato and eh. uh, Carlos Alenia. It's a little bit interesting, uh, and Antoine Griezmann. So the the Griezmann thing is interesting to me because 
Like he had a couple rough games right before the um, right before play was stopped. However, I still think he had like a really good year for the most part, and it would be a bit disappointing to see him go. And I know this all of this depends on the Latoro Martinez Neymar Timo Warner situation, which I want to talk about in a moment. Um, Carlos Alenia leaving, I I would hope that would be a loan deal, and that's what they're talking about. Nevertheless, the midfield situation is remaining fascinating with Rakitic and Vidal kind of constantly on the the transfer um, the transfer block, as it were. Both their contracts run out in 2021, so you would hope that they would be able to get something for them this summer before uh, before the contracts run out and they can walk away for free. Um, so, I think despite the kind of um, the money situation that Barcelona are going through with regards to like the players uh, making less money or I'm sorry, not the players making less money, the club as a whole making less money. I think how they handle their transfer situation this summer is going to be especially fascinating. What I mean by that is like, I don't think there's going to be as many rumors as to like Barcelona are trying to get Laturo, Neymar and a third player, right? Like I think they're going to, um, there's basically like one big move that they can make. And um, I think uh, Amir Kosla wrote a good piece on BarcelonaBlogranas.com talking about uh, kind of what a realistic summer transfer window looks like for Barcelona. And I think kind of the main takeaway that's come from a lot of the reporting thus far uh, since everything was suspended, transfer stuff has obviously picked up. The Latero-Martinez situation... I think has been kind of in the spotlight as opposed to the Neymar reports and rumors. And I think they're going like the reports that they're going to have to choose one kind of makes sense. I think Neymar is going to be more expensive. Uh, the Latura thing is fascinating to me because Inter Milan wanted uh, kind of a cash only deal and it was ranging. I think it was around 111 million was the buyout clause and they were kind of hoping for something around that around that price point. The difficulty for them is, um, for Inter in this situation, is there have been intermittent reports that like City, Manchester City, and Chelsea were also interested in Latero Martinez. However, those reports haven't really stuck as far as I can tell. So if Barcelona are really the only suitor for Latero in that price range, I think they're going to have to be willing to take back a Vidal um, or another player in the, in the transfer. Uh, there was... Um, something I covered today over at Serpents was there's kind of eight players Barcelona are willing to put on the market for, um, I'm sorry, not eight, five players that Barcelona are willing to, uh, to kind of part with in order to make the deal happen. So, and I think there's been more reporting about what it would take for Barcelona to make a Latoro Martinez deal happen than it would for a Neymar deal to happen. I think in this new post uh, a post isn't really fair because we don't know when the post is happening, but as we're in this COVID-19 economic situation or even the post COVID-19 economic situation, where in Barcelona and most other football clubs are having to be a bit more careful with what they spend money on. I don't think anyone knows what a Neymar is really worth in that market. Uh, it was already a bit dodgy as to what he was worth beforehand um, particularly to a club like Barcelona, how much of the you know the fee was due to spite, how much of it was due to actual player value, um, and I think in this new market, I'm very fascinated to see 
um, what the negotiations look like between Barcelona and the PSG if the negotiations happen at all. Uh, perhaps Barcelona were only interested in Neymar in a market wherein they could afford their striker of the future as well as go for a Neymar. And I don't think that scenario happens unless someone comes in and blows them away with a Griezmann offer, which again would just be very weird to me. Um, and I guess maybe the only reason he would be on the market is because you're not going to get a lot of money for a Rakitic, Vidal, and Titi or Coutinho. And if you need, if you want to do something where you get a striker for the future, whether that's a Timo Werner, a Latoro Martinez, um, and then also bring back Neymar, the only situation where you can do that is if you uh, bring in some cash. And the only player who's going to bring in a significant amount of cash seems to be a Griezmann. And that begs to be seen if anyone is even interested in a Griezmann. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of my thoughts on that stuff. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and I'm going to have some fun because uh, I'm by myself. I'm uh, quarantined in my office right now while my family has a nice breakfast downstairs, uh, ready to get the day started with work. And uh, yeah, so we're going to have some fun to end the podcast. We'll be back after a short break. Alrighty, we're back. So what I wanted to do is last week, uh, Renato and I talked about our favorite TV shows. This week, I wanted to do uh, I have two recommendations at the end of the podcast, but I also wanted to um, to talk about movies. So I'm a big movie person. I think I've turned into a bigger TV person in recent years just due to excess. Excuse, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some coffee real quick. Hang on. Um. I've turned into a bigger TV person in recent years. I think just due to accessibility, uh, when you have two kids, for those of you out there who are parents, we have two kids, and uh, it's a bit more difficult for me to just say, hey, on a Friday or Tuesday, whatever night, I'm going to go see a movie with a buddy, or uh, when my wife and I do have like a date night, um, we often want to spend it you know, looking at each other and talking to each other as opposed to going and you know spending two-thirds of that evening watching a movie. Um, so my ability to watch movies consistently has waned a bit. Uh, I think from 2019, the main movies that I saw and loved were Little Women, Parasites, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are kind of the three movies that stuck out to me. Um, but overall, I have, let me see how many movies do I have right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven movies that are just kind of like, these are consistently in my top 10 to 15, depending upon the year. Um, these are all time, by the way. These are in no particular order. So, like I mentioned, Parasite, that movie definitely cracks the the top 10 for me. Um, it was a Bong Joon-ho film. This movie was, it deservedly won the Oscar. And I would say that if you haven't seen it, don't look up anything about this movie. Just watch it and you will be blown away. It is beautifully shot. The cinematography is flawless. The acting is wonderful. It's like a enjoyable thriller drama comedy it's deliriously funny somehow and i couldn't help but recommend that movie um the second movie from last year that actually cracks my best ever list somehow is once upon a time in hollywood so i consistently have a quentin tarantino film in my top 10 before this it was probably Inglorious bastards but i think once upon a time in hollywood has officially replaced that as my favorite quentin tarantino movie uh, I couldn't say that last summer when it first came out because, you know, you have, I think 
when declaring like, hey, this is my favorite movie by this filmmaker, I think a certain amount of time has to pass between that movie debuting, your first viewing of it, your second viewing of it, and um, just some time has to pass for it to be fair. Um, That's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And I think the third movie that I would put on this list is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, which is Dunkirk. So Inception, Interstellar, Memento, um, other wonderful Christopher Nolan pieces of work that are on that, that list. Uh, Dunkirk is my favorite though. Uh, I think this film came out in 2017 or 16 maybe. And I just find wonder deliriously wonderful. It's jaw droppingly beautiful. This is a movie that if you didn't get to see in theaters, uh, it's still going to be very good on a wonderful home setup. However, seeing this movie in theaters was an experience unlike I think, um, you can really get anywhere else. So that's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I have two David Fincher movies on this list, Social Network and Zodiac. So Social Network, he, um, I think he directed, and then the screenplay was Aaron Sorkin. Uh, wonderfully significant movie that was made in 2010 or that was released in 2010. I think this movie takes on a new meaning and kind of like a new significance in the world we live in today wherein Facebook is so powerful. Um mob movies actually i'm like zodiac so zodiac uh that's probably my favorite movie of all time david fincher with robert downey jr and jake gyllenhaal two of the best act jake gyllenhaal i i adore jake gyllenhaal he's a wonderful actor makes very good film choices i find that if he's in a movie except for what was the he was in a super he was in a marvel movie and the marvel movie wasn't very good i can't remember which one it was either way jake gyllenhaal mostly makes really good choices um Goodfellas. So this is my favorite mob movie of all time. I think it beats Godfather one and two. I like, I waffle on that all the time. Uh, Goodfellas is brilliant. I love everything about it. It obviously has the famous uh, dolly shot that follows um, them into the restaurant, kind of through the club to their table. Uh, This is, it's just, it's the best. If you're a mob, I'm a big mob movie fan. Um, so Goodfellas and then obviously Godfather one and two, I'm not going to spend time lecturing you on Godfather one and two. Like I, I love that family guy. I think it's, um, I think it's the end of one of the star Wars family guys where they're in the attic and they're like the attics filling with water somehow. And they're like close to drowning. And I think Peter mentions he hadn't seen Godfather and they just like, they stop this, like, you know, they're in, in the middle of trying to escape. And I think either Brian or Stewie just goes, you haven't seen Godfather. You know, that's one of the best films of all time. And they just go into the rant. I think that's so funny. Cause that's every time you have a conversation about Godfather, that's hundred percent what happens. So I'm not going to do that to you. It is a good movie though. Both of them. Godfather three is also underrated. Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, this is a top five movie of all time. Probably the best action movie I've ever seen. I have not seen the initial Mad Maxes. However, this movie is breathtaking. It is thrilling. It is turn the lights off, turn the sound up, grab a drink, and just like sit back and be taken for a delirious ride. It's a bit of a weird movie. So if, if you don't like movies that are strange, Mad Max probably isn't for you. However, if you like post-apocalyptic action thrillers that are wonderfully acted by actors like Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy, this movie is for you. Um, I love this movie. So those are kind of just, again, you know, if you haven't seen any of them, you're stuck, you're, you're quarantined. These are some good movies to check out. I have two recommendations for you. So I have a food and an app. So my food is 
Kodiak cake protein pancakes. I'm obsessed with these recently. So uh, eating healthy is obviously important. So is eating. Uh, so is enjoying eating, at least for me. So um, pancakes was something I cut out like a long time ago. That's just not like I was never like a eat pancakes every Saturday morning kind of person. Uh, but recently my wife found these Kodiak cake protein pancakes at Walmart, which are like 190 calories for half a cup, which makes like a, a good sized pancake. Um, and then you can just use light syrup or eat it plain, but low calories, it's filling and you get protein with it. So if you're, you know, eating healthy or working out, like it's very, um, I love these things and I know there's still, there's still carbs and like, it's not a, an unbelievably healthy choice. However, it's like, it's a pancake and there's like chocolate and peanut butter ones and the calories aren't that bad. And it's just wonderful. That's my first, and my voice, my mic always peaks whenever I clear my, my voice and sorry about that. Um, last recommendation. This is an app. This is, I live my life on this app. It's called tick tick. So over the years I have done much research about uh, the best task management applications. So I am an IT engineer. I am obsessed with efficiency and workflow velocity and figuring out the best ways to manage tasks um, has always been difficult for me. Like I used to use Wonderlist. I used Apple Reminders. I used a lot of different things. And so the important things for me were, and here's why you can take my word for it. I wanted something that was cross-platform, something I can use on my Mac, my Windows PC, my iPhone, my iPad, my watch. It's everywhere. I wanted something that had a free tier. So a lot of very good task management apps will lure you in with like a free trial. And then all of the basic features are under a paywall. TickTick is really good about giving you all of the core essential features for free and then like hey here's some extra ones if you want to pay for it so i don't pay however i haven't really found the need to pay there are just like a few features that like are nice to have but not essentials i wanted something that gave me default views for seven days i wanted an all and a today um, and i wanted to see kind of my task outlook for either the day or the next week i wanted different categories i wanted to be able to put stuff in different folders um, and then have all of those things fall under the seven day view. So if I have, you know, two items for work, one item for, uh, personal, one item for habits, um, I wanted that. So there's also habits, which are great. Like I have a floss habit or reading habits, um, a couple other habits on there. And basically like you keep streaks and that sort of thing. So they kind of merged some of the best features of like a habit app with a task tracking app. Uh, it integrates with Siri and I think Google Assistant. So like if I talk to Siri and say, hey, remind me in X amount of hours, it creates, because Apple is a closed ecosystem, it won't let you use a default task management app besides reminders. It creates a reminder. And then when I open up TickTick, it looks at the reminders and pulls them in and then marks them completing reminders. Um, what else is wonderful about TickTick? Um, I can type in the line. So if I want to create a quick task for three days from now, I can type the word three days and you can have it basically to where the app interprets that and puts it three puts the date three days from now and removes it from the title. So if I say the words on Wednesday, um, change air filter, the task will be change air filter and the date will be Wednesday. However, um, you can turn that off if you don't like it. So that's my two recommendations. Wonderful task management app, tick, tick protein pancakes, because, because why not? Um, that's all I have. I hope all of you are staying safe. Um, I hope you're listening to your local governments and just being responsible and taking the considerations for others in mind. Um, 
yeah, that's all I got. We miss football. It'll be back soon. Stay safe. And we will talk to you all next time. Thanks.